On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Racing HQ and Punters Postmortem on the week of the championships. Day one will be Saturday and really looking forward to building up. The barrier draws, of course, will be tomorrow there at Royal Randwick around 9.30 mark. And, yeah, it's going to be just a, a great week to celebrate racing in Sydney. And what about the weekend that was on Punters Postmortem this morning? We'll discuss, of course, that second day at Rose Hill and, uh, well... What about that Kiwi, Philly Prowess? She was absolutely unbelievable. And Arapahoe for Bjorn Baker and Rachel King getting the Tancred Stakes. We'll chat with Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Glenn Munsey very, very soon. As I mentioned, it was a brilliant second day to the Sydney Autumn Carnival. The Tancred Stakes was one of the features along with the Vinery Stunt Stakes. And even though we had a little bit of dark cloud around... We still had some great racing on the track and a good little crowd there too. Ron Duffersey is on our panel today for Punters Postmortem. G'day, Duff. G'day, Dave. Um, Roselle very successful the past two weeks, obviously, with the well, the show on offer and a good, a very good track there on Saturday. Uh, played its part, and we saw some terrific horses on show, didn't we? There's yeah. no doubt about it. A little bit of a shock. I know he's only a fourteen dollar chance, but uh, he was no fluke in the win. The way he's going, a rapper, he's just um, slipped the system all the way through. He's just been so, so genuine. And peaked on the right day, got the right ride. It's as simple as that. Exactly right. Uh, David Gately was on the Sky Racing One uh, platform on Saturday. And we'll get to Gator very, very soon. He will be joining us on the phone. I think he is not too far away. And if we've got Munns there as well, Nick, I think we do have Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Gator, when he comes along, and all the listeners. Yes, Arapaho, he was just keen to uh, not have to drag Animo into a race. So... Um, <laughs> He was quite happy there and uh, always good celebrations when Bjorn wins a race there and uh, um, a good um, sort of shot in the arm for Canberra coming out of the Canberra Cup, the Tab Canberra Cup, uh, to win the Tancred Stakes at his next start. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Montefilia, obviously, we uh, will discuss her run in a moment when David Gately joins us. Uh, King Frankel and Tyler Schiller. What about those young apprentices? Dylan and Tyler, they're getting the placings again in another big group, Group 1. Vow and Declare, who there was some money for. And I tell you what, Duff, um, gee, Cleveland was a nice little Sydney Cup uh, run, wasn't it? Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, it was. And uh, they, they've reacted to that with him being favourite now. And I can understand that. So if we get the testing two-mile, which we should, looking at the makeup of the field, he's right in it because we he's he's got proven staying a talent where a couple of them, like your King Frankel, who was a great, just as good as trial, because he did the work in the run, attacking the lead there, and took off early at wait for age, mind you, and he was still whacking away there at the finish, and he drops to 50 kilos, uh, but, you know, you don't know until you try them at two miles. He gives every impression he'll run it, but it's a whole new pain barrier. So, great trial from him, great trial from Cleveland, and you could make you know, cases for, you know, even your Knight's Order, who's proven at two miles, Val declares proven at two miles. So, this Sydney Cup is is one of the uh, the most intriguing for a while now. David Gately is now joining us as well. Gady, you're on Sky Racing One uh, with Marto and, and Brad Davidson, and you had one of the best seats in the house, and uh, we were just discussing then the run of Cleveland in the Tancred Stakes. But, uh, gee, uh, Arapahoe all honours, and uh, great to see Bjorn Baker with a big Group 1 win. 
No, it was. I mean, the winner is back-to-back wins, and um, and he's travelled so well, so deep into the race in both of them. So it's hard to take anything away from him. In saying that, you know, I think obviously Montefilia, um doesn't have that issues at the 500. She's your winner, but um, yeah, you've touched on a couple of really nice trials. I think the po- the, the main point of heading towards uh, you know a proper endurance test that is two miles was that this race was a test of endurance because they wound up so early as self-reference. So um, I think that's where you'll you get a reasonable guide into that uh, that key race. All right. We've opened up the lines as well, 13.53.53. So give us a call, uh, and our best caller today will get some Racing HQ merchandise. Uh, let's t- talk about Montefilia because we thought that there was um, a bigger issue um, with her in the run, but then after watching the tape and even as uh, Dylan has alluded to uh, her jockey on social media, Duff, just hit a bit of a, a soft patch which got her out of whack. Yeah, I, I think most people agree. I, 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 she was absolutely cruising in the run. And, you, you know, at the 800 there, when she was just travelling so well and they're all off the bit, you thought, ooh, how far. And then she did miss that stride. or, or I reckon she might have whacked herself. You know, she didn't get galloped on, but she, she might have whacked herself and hit a joint and... And it's a stinger, it's a burner. And, and and she didn't know where she was for four or five strides until it cooled off a bit. Uh, that's how it looked to me. And then she did warm back up into it and um, just missed. So that was the a critical point where she just lost concentration, feeling herself there when she she did miss that stride. And and looking at the stewards report too, um, which you can get on Racing Australia and also the Racing New South Wales website, uh, she did a post race veterinary examination did reveal the mare to be lame one five in the off hind leg and obviously trainer David Payne was advised a, a veterinary clearance would be required prior to the mare uh, barrier trialling or racing again so obviously that was uh, Montefilia and just uh, before we get to our first call on the line um, Duff, Gator and Munz I'll, I'll get a comment uh, from you firstly on Gold Trip uh, and there's also a text here about Stockman what you thought of the run of Stockman Yep, he was still okay. You know, he's, he's winding up to a peak performance. And a gold trip, uh, he just might want the sting out of the ground. And he's like, he's obviously paid the price for the Melbourne Cup win with the weight. So a lot of these horses are going to come to the Sydney Cup if he goes that way, um, meeting him so much better at the weight. But his best chance would probably be uh, a wet track. But he'd have a few mates there as well that are looking for wet tracks. So he's, he's too good to pen, uh, but... He just needs a few more things to fall into place for him. Gator, just a comment on uh, Gold Trip and Stockman. Uh, yeah, well, Gold Trip ran almost as well as Cleveland, and everyone's raving about that horse. I mean, he was three lengths off Montefilia, and you know, and beaten about three lengths. So he's finished off as well as as her. Uh, was a you know, it was quite a nice sort of run. Stockman, I was less effusive. Maybe um, maybe a colder ride might be uh, the key, and a wetter track, as, as Duff's reference there. And Munns? I think uh, Gator's last point there with Stockman is very, very important. Uh, He's been ridden forward in his last two runs, Stockman, which is completely out of his comfort zone, in my opinion. Um, And I think uh, all of his better runs have been uh, when he's been ridden a little bit colder. And and in that, and, and Gator said before again, it was a brutally run race. So if you're racing out of your comfort zone and you're riding, you're racing up on speed rather than back, uh, you know, he had his blinkers back on on Saturday. Probably the fact that he'd been forward his last start still had a little bit of freshness with the shades on. Uh, I think he may do better, or will do better, sorry, uh, ridden a little bit quieter. And Gold Trip, well, he just needs he just needs the edge off the track. 
Our first caller is Mitch. G'day, Mitch. Morning, Jen. How are we? Very good, mate. I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on um, Gear Up. That was uh, race four, Rose Hill on the weekend. Um, I know Zarek gave him a, um, a pretty good, pretty good dusting, but I thought uh, he, towards the towards the end, I guess within that last two hundred and one hundred, he seemed to start to gain a bit more ground again. Just wanted your opinion, and um, if anyone knew where he would be heading. Yeah, it's a hard one to call as far as where he's heading. I mean, at this time of year, he's just starting off in Australia, but it was a very good debut, I must say. Um, he, he stuck on well. Maybe he's more. He might be more of a Queensland carnival type of horse, where Annabelle can uh, set horses there for there and have a lot of luck. So I, I thought it was an excellent run, considering uh, the way they've sprinted home, and he's a horse that can get up a bit over a bit further as well. And so yeah, I, I, I think he got more than a pass mark as far as starting off in Australia, running a place in a race like that with the rating he's got, and uh, he, he can train on and maybe something in Queensland. I'm not sure. Perfect, Mitch. Thanks for your call. We've got Ray on the line from Cremorne. G'day, Ray. Hey, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. Uh, just before I ask Munns a question, I'd just like to congratulate you on the show you do there. I think I've been listening to 2KY for 100 years, and, you, and you're the best that they've ever had doing what you're doing. I love listening to you. I'll send you that money for saying that, Ray. Thank you very much, mate. Well, uh, no now, need, Dave, you've already sent a... it. <laughs> Must have arrived this morning. Um, I want to have a go at uh, the TAB Munns. Yes, where you go. I, I'm not a, a big punter, but I wanted to have $4,000 on statement on Saturday at $4. The tab said, no, you can only have 2000 at, at $4. So I took the 2000 and then I had to wait a little while, and then I had to turn around and have another 2000 and then it was $3.80. You know, Ken Ranger and all those blokes, Dominic Byrne and Page and them on the rails years ago, you could get set for anything. But this happens to me many times at the TAB now. If I have a multi, oh, no, you can't have $200 on a multi all up. You, you, we do it in $20 lots at the tab now. It's a joke. Well, that's, that's not true for every bet that they write. Uh, evidently, um, there'd be two reasons why you were only bet 2000 uh, it's still not a bad bet in any stretch of the imagination, 6,000 to 2,000. Um, you know, personally, you know, on big days, big races, I, I'd probably be betting bigger. I don't know the situation where the book was uh, at the time that you had the bet with Statement. Um, there are, you, remember, your first point of contact is you are betting with a machine. You are not betting with a person. So the machine has limits set into it. If you if you strike that limit, the machine will tell you the amount of money you're allowed to have on a particular runner at a particular time, depending how the book is situated at that particular point in time. So that is the first point of difference that you are dealing with rather than having a face-to-face bet with a bookmaker at a race course. So what a lot of people don't realise is they are actually betting with a machine not a person as such. And there are bets coming in that we write a 1,000 bets every minute. So once again, you are not dealing with an individual bet by an individual person in an orderly fashion. Um, Now, statement, 
was $3.20 and evidently got to $4 at some stage for you to be betting there on Saturday. Um, but it could have been, it could have reached a limit. Uh, sometimes it, it'll say, and a lot of people say, well, why, if I ask for 2000 on a $5 chance, it wants to bet me $1,632. Well, that $1,630 will take that horse to a particular limit that is set in the machine and then for them to want to bet you more than that, they have to manually adjust the limits that are in the machine. So that is for them to book, manage that particular runner. You just don't say, right, oh, well, away you go. Everyone gets whatever they like and we'll worry about it at the end of the, end of the race. They, that's how they manage their book. They set particular limits for how much they will stand a horse in a race. And then they, they get alerts that go off. I know now this sounds very, very technical, but that's what it is. It's very, very technical. And, for so, and, and I, I just I find it highly amusing that there are so many people that know the ins and outs of the TAB system that have never walked inside the building and never seen the system, never operated the system, and don't know how the system operates. Uh, but that, that would be the first point. It could have reached a limit. Position B might be they're particularly, uh, a you as a punter, they might only want to bet you a certain amount, which they are completely entitled to as long as they meet the minimum bet limits that are set by the author, authorising body. As regards to multis, once again, multis are set to a particular limit. You might not be the only person that has had that particular multi. And once again, you don't want to get to a stage where you're standing a particular multi for four million. Man, multis have to be managed in the same way as individ, individual bets have to be managed. But that would be my opinion on how your bets are being looked at. There are different situations for different people. There are different situations for different races. And there are different situations regarding to how much the, uh, the horse is being taken out when you have your bet. Ray, there we go, mate. Uh, th- just out of curiosity, was it on your own account, Ray, or was it at an agency? Where you had the no, bet. an agency. I, I don't have. I don't want an account. I wouldn't be able to help myself. Okay. So I'd, I'd just uh, go to an agency, neutral bay. Right. And then another thing, just quickly, is I won't keep you too long. But another thing is that if I bet a, a reasonable bet, you can bet your life that within sixty seconds the phone will ring and they'll say to the girl behind the, uh, has has he got the money to pay for this or what's going on about the cash, and and that when that happens, I guarantee you within no more than a minute. Well, once so, again, that is a monitored system for the Oztrack. Uh, yeah, that system. has to happen. Um, that has to happen. That's a legal requirement. Yeah, that's the government. Yeah, that's not the ta- that, that, no. That's someone sitting in an office somewhere that is monitoring the system that bets are being paid for. The Oztrack system is being adhered to, and it's a government requirement. Thanks for your call. On the ball, though, very quick at that, Glenn, I can tell you. Thank you very much for your call, Ray. <laughs> Ray there. Okay, let's get to this Kiwi filly because there's some text on the text line. And give us a call, 135353. Prowess. Um, boy, oh, boy. Um, I know they've gone home. Uh, and Roger told us that during the week on Racing HQ. He said, no, 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 one run and then we're off and we're going to come back in the spring. She's a star. Hard to deny it, isn't it, with her record that she's got, and like I said, uh, she, she she's she's misleading in the run. You think, oh, she's 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 one pace, she's one pace, she one she's one pace, and once you wind her into business, then you know that set of lungs gets going, and she just ex- explodes. Uh, well, I won't say explodes; she she just is too strong. 
for the opposition, and that's exactly what she did to those fillies um, on Saturday. She just made them look, you know, second rate. So they're, they're, she she deservedly holds on to uh, favouritism, I think, Pavitra for the Oaks. Um, she was just beaten by a class act. Uh, you know, she'd beat the older horses at uh, at the Group One level prior to that. She'd won six from eight or whatever, and um, she's been carefully handled. And I think we're we're all excited to see her back in the spring, wherever she goes for. What did you make of it, Gator? Yeah, it was difficult to dislike, wasn't it? I mean, just the way that uh, built strength and speed um, was was elite. Um, I'm lining up her time on the day. She's gone 0.9 quicker than a pretty good older horse in Zarek, um, and off you know a pretty similar first 1400. So. Um, an exceptional win, either to the eye or on the clock, however you want to slice it, and building just a phenomenal record. So uh, they haven't missed us this time around, have they? The Kiwis, Legato, Prowess and Co., and obviously Imperatriz on Friday night. And it just adds another dimension to our sport. I love it. Certainly does. Uh, Munns, they really honed in on it, didn't they? I mean, they... Um, obviously, she was rating off the chart on the computers, and we talk about the big syndicates, but they just... It seemed like every time from the morning or from Friday onwards, they just said, right, she's just going to win. Yeah, well, the thing about it, Dave, was, you know, from Wednesday through to even um, Saturday morning, she sort of held a mark 280, 270, got into as short as 250 Thursday, went back to 270 Friday, uh, went up a $2.40 chance Saturday morning, but still got back to $2.70 before lunchtime on Saturday. And then sort of in the... Oh, probably the, the the actual betting time of the race, you know, when the previous race had been finished. It was just, you know, complete away you go. It was, was $2.70 into as short as $2.10. Um, and, but in saying that, Pavitra uh, didn't get too far away from it. She was rock solid on the second line of betting and only moved between sort of 3.30 and 3.50. What happened to the rest of them? They were sort of out the gate. Um, you know, it, we've been saying it since Wednesday. The market said it was a two-horse race. The form people said it was a two-horse race. They still only wanted to back two horses come Saturday as they're going in the barriers, uh, and they were proven correct. You know, the the, the better back runner uh, got the money, and uh, it just goes to prove that our fillies, there's nothing between. Now, here's a situation we look forward to the Oaks. Now, there's a horse being Penny Weaker, uh, who's a New Zealand filly, that they're going to pay the late entry for today. She was originally nominated for the Oaks all the way back when nominations were taken, didn't pay the first acceptance. She was a 50-to-1 chance at that stage, and no one wanted to be on it whatsoever. News coming through from New Zealand yesterday, the Connections are going to pay the late entry fee to runner, right? She went up $11 yesterday. She's $11 into $4.50. Yeah, that's wowee, wowee. Um We've got a Pat on the line who wants to talk prowess. Morning, Pat. Good morning, boys. Look, I rang up about three, four weeks ago, and I spoke about Prasir the Sire and Divine Prophet, the four brothers, right? And Prasir got beat a nose by It's a Done Deal. Uh, Prasir went from winning the Maiden at Hawkesbury to running the Cox Plate after five starts, which is unheard of in the first preparation. This horse was an absolute champion, and it broke down in the Cox Plate. Now, it went to stud and it served for about five or $6,000 in New Zealand where it's a done deal served at 66000 They only beat him the nose. 
And now he had very ordinary batch of broodmares, and now he's starting to come through. Horses like Prowess, West, Levante, Riadini, all these horses by uh, Presia, he's proved that he was a champion horse in himself. And that's why he's now starting to throw these champions himself. Well, he's certainly a champion, getting towards champion side to, to do what he did this season. Uh, I, can't, I can't count how many Group 1s he's had. He's probably had more Group 1s than any, uh, any stallion in the land. Um, without going, delving right into it, and uh, well, you do. What, you know what he stands for now, Pat? Yeah, I think he's gone up to about twenty thousand now. Uh, but he was serving at nine thousand, and he had full books of. Uh, but now, at, even at twenty thousand, he's getting full books. But he's he, he, the um, results are on the board now, and yep. this horse, he, Peter Snowden. After he broke down, Peter Snowden trained him for a while, and he said to Tony, the owner, he said, Tony, this is the best horse I've ever put a bridle on. He said, but if you persevere, this horse will break down. And he said, if I was you, I'd send him to stud, and that's what he did. And now we're seeing the results. This was a top, top horse, Priscilla, a top horse. No doubt. No Thank, doubt. Thanks for your call, Pat. Well, the, um, the Cox Plate run was the only time he missed a place in seven runs. Yeah. Was it Snowden or Gay? Uh, no, Gay, Gay had it originally, yeah, and yeah. it ran second in the Ramwick Guineas when the meeting was conducted right. at Warwick Farm on the 16th of March 2013 to It's a Done Deal. Was then transferred to Peter Moody, was never had a start, never had anything for Peter Moody, was then transferred to Paul's, uh, it says Paul Snowden here, and trialled on the 17th of November 2014. So that okay. is, what, 18 months later, ran fourth in a trial at Ramwick and then was retired. Okay. What was that great race where it was Nash and James fighting it out? Was that the Ramwick Guineas? Munz? Prazier uh, and um, and Dundeal? Remember that when... Well, Huey rode Prozier that day. Uh, it's a Dundeal beat at half a length. Uh, it's a Dundeal had beat at a neck or close to it. James had ridden uh, Dundeal. At that stage, he was called Dundeal. That was the Ramwick Guineas beat Prozier that day. And in the champion stakes at Ramwick, oh, the champion stakes. That's what I'm thinking of. That, That's when Nash, uh, Nash because, rode Prozier on that occasion. Because Prozier that day was, um, and I pulled it up here on Riser. It worked this morning. Dollar twenty eight um, for a Prozier that day, and that's the day it's a done deal. Uh, knocked him off. Um, and I think he wasn't bought by Arrowfield at that stage then. That was later down the down the track. But, yeah, no, what a great horse. Uh, now, Justin is our next horse. Thanks for your call too, by the way, Pat. You go on the, uh, the draw to win the uh, Racing HQ merchandise. Justin wants to talk about Bandersnatch. G'day, Justin. G'day, fellas. How you going? Very good, mate. Firstly, I just want to let Ray know that $4,000 is a large bet, not a small bet. <laughs> Gave you a laugh. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Bandit's that's got second last at Rose Hill. Thoughts on that and moving forward to the uh, to the Donnie. Yes. Yep. So thoughts on Bandersnatch stuff? Yeah, thoughts on uh, Bandersnatch and then the chance is going in. Yeah, I think uh, he is going he was unlucky obviously not getting any room to move two starts back and he proved that. And that's that's the style of race he loves, where he can just ride there whether it's in front, outside the lead, he just needs un- he needs to get into a rhythm band to snatch, and he can do that. And uh, he's definitely going really, really well. Now, as far as the Doncaster is concerned, it's a different race altogether. Usually it's pressure, 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 pressure. 
And is he going to withstand that pressure at the strong mile? Maybe, maybe not, because there's some very well-weighted horses in that in that Doncaster with him alongside him down in the weight. So I'm saying the marketplace is right about it. I'm not knocking him because I think he's going in there off a win at, a peak, at the peak time of his career. But it won't be as easy as Saturday. This hasn't really been a strong lead-up to the Doncaster in previous years, this Doncaster prelude. But it can throw up the improving horses that... Uh, are still early in their preparation that can go on. So it, it, it's really, if you, it's beauty in the eye of the beholder, really. If, you, if you're on him that day and you want to back him in the Doncaster, I'm not going to sit, sit back here and say, no, he can't win, because he can. But it won't be as soft as that. Thanks for your call, Justin. Noel wants to talk about uh, Cleveland. G'day, Noel. Uh, g'day, boys. How are you? Uh, Glenn, I'd like to speak with. Thank you. Yes, Noel. How are you? Hello, mate. Uh, I met you about two or three months ago at uh, Bankstown Golf Club. Anyway, we had a nice chat. Uh, it's, Cleveland, it's Royal Bankstown, mate. I, I, I gave it the Royal decree. Bankstown. Of course, you'll get a wet bum today. Um, uh, no, anyway, no, uh, rain stopped here, so ten thirty-three. Oh, Don't uh, stand in my way. Lovely, lovely. Um, I noticed Cleveland's now favourite for the Sydney Cup, but I went to the futures markets for the Melbourne Cup and I couldn't find him listed anywhere. I'm just wondering whether there would be any chance that he will go to the Melbourne Cup. Uh, and uh, well, mate, just thinking moment, that if he did, yeah. Well, at the moment, the, what we call the Melbourne Cup market is a pre-NOMS market. So, yes. uh, you know, they're just literally pulling horses out of the um, out of the air to, to quote... Yes in the Melbourne yes. Cup market. So right. I, so maybe now they will pull another well, one out of the market and put him depends, in. You know, is, is Lloyd going to keep it here or is Joseph O'Brien going to take it home? Uh, maybe a job for the journalists who tune into the show each and every Monday or the racing journalists in Sydney. And it might be a question to pass on to Joseph O'Brien uh, with Cleveland. Um, he, you know, he is favourite for the Sydney Cup. Is there any thoughts to bring him back later in the year? for a Melbourne Cup tilt, and if they said, well, he's a possibility, we'll put him in the pre-noms market for the Melbourne Cup. So if I wanted to put a multi on now, I can't. I've got to wait. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll, get them to put, I'll get them to price it up in the Melbourne Cup because it's pre-noms. And remember, if he doesn't nominate for the Melbourne Cup, your money's refunded. Yes. What about that? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, thank okay. you very much. And, and in that, in, and then if he... If, um, he still has to win the Sydney Cup. If he wins the Sydney Cup and doesn't nominate for the Melbourne Cup, you'll get paid as a single. All right. Lovely. Lovely. I'm doing yeah. that email as you speak, Noel, only because you're a nice bloke and you play at Bankstown. <laughs> no, I wasn't playing at Bankstown. I just went to see you at Bankstown. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. Thanks for your call, Noel. All right, now let's get to Steve, if we can. I uh, want to talk about uh, Zarek. Loving the calls this morning, and our best call as well. We'll receive some Racing HQ merchandise. Steve, uh, Zarek and El Patroness, they're the two you want to talk about. Yeah, g'day, boys. Hey, um, just a quick one. Has anyone checked on Zarek to make sure they haven't subbed him out for a different horse? What's going on with him this campaign? He's, he's, he's consistent. Yeah, he's flying. He is flying. He, to do what he did from the back in a sprint home there on Saturday... Um, he was pretty good, Gator, wasn't he? Well, we would have been to the clock with his uh, personal sectionals, wouldn't he? Yeah, outstanding. Um, you know, and they sort of took their medicine, didn't they, from the gate? But he's such a, an adaptable horse. I've seen him box seat before and run enormous. He wasn't far off them at 1,400 first up. So um, I think he's at a, he is at a different level, this prep. But I think that was explained by 
uh, Michael Hawks after the race. I think they tried a few things with him, tried to make him a stayer and tried to make him something he isn't, which, you know, many an athlete's fallen for before. Um, but I think they've got him right. Obviously, now he's, um, he's airborne. He was one of the wins of the day, in my humble. Good. And um, just El Patroness, I thought she was all right once she got clear on the weekend. Do you, you see any races for her in the future? No, there's a win in her soon. That was an excellent hidden gem, that run. Uh, yeah, um, lovely work. Uh, she can posse up closer to the speed in a race. Like, she was 60-odd to one, wasn't she, from memory on that race. So, um, probably the wrong race no matter what, but she ran really well. Back a notch, up in trip, sits handier. Maybe there's a 10-to-1 winner there for you. That's all right. Maybe a soft track. All right, thanks, boys. Have a good one. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, uh, Steve. And for Noel that's listening, $26 Cleveland in the Melbourne Cup has gone in already, Dave. You can't get better service than that anywhere in the country. No, you can't. Uh, but just remember, Noel, you will get carved up in the same race, uh, same horse multi. So what I'd probably do is back it separately in both events. Now, Bob's on the line. Provincial Championships. Hello, Bob. Hi, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. Uh, just a question on eligibility. I notice they added midways to the eligibility of of runners in the um, in the provincial now midway championships. It is almost certainly going to be dominated by a trainer who's ineligible for the midways. Uh, I just can't see the point. If you're going to run a, a a series just because a trainer happens to be placed in Newcastle, but is a a massive stable with Group One winners, they have the ability to dominate it every year. Well, it was the provincial championships, and I would say because of and you're referring to Chris Lee's. We're not, you know, Chris is he's entitled to uh, have horses run in a provincial championship because he's a provincial trainer, whether he trains Group One winners or not. It was a provincial championship, and I'd say. They extended it to be open to midway trainers, which are city trainers um, that don't uh, um, accumulate a certain number of points, which are allocated to wins and things like that. We have midway runners um, here over Saturday uh, to probably expand the number of horses uh, that could possibly uh, earn a chance to get to the final. I understand that, but I don't mind him having a runner, but but when when they end up having you know up to half the field from well, one at the stable. moment um, he doesn't have the favourite. Kobe is trained by Sam Kavanagh. Short Shorts is second favourite, trained by Brad Whitup. True Crimes uh, next pick, trained by Kim War. Audet's the next pick. Fearson's the next pick. Um, he hasn't got any of those. I understand. Last year I think he had was it eight runners, uh, uh, maybe half the field. It just it, it just doesn't spread it out. That's my only point. Nothing against Chris Lee's. Well, they may be proven correct this year with Chris not being able to dominate the race. See what happens. Thanks, in, Bob. In your opinion, dominating the race. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Bob, there. All right. Uh, now we're going to line two. Michael has a um, a betting question for Munns. Yeah, I'm loving all these betting questions oh, for Munns. Lucky I didn't get on the drink yesterday, <laughs> and I'm clear headed. Oh, oh Gator, just. Uh, this was uh, the great man, uh, rest his soul, Dean Lester. He used to love this on a Monday morning. So just sit back and enjoy this, Gator. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, fellas. That's time and a half for you, Munns, today. Don't worry, it's, uh, it's no, all my, good. My, today's actually a rostered day off, so, you know, you can see I'm not doing anything today. <laughs> Obviously. Hey, um, 
I'm a mad duet punter, right? Because I can bet around the favourite and I can get beaten and still win. Why on the I, I, and I use the app and stuff. Why why wouldn't a duet be included as an exotic as our Quinella's trifecta's first fours? What do you mean? Why isn't it included as an exotic? Well, because it's not, mate. Um, if if you put ten percent plus something on a promo and you say on all exotics, why wouldn't you define a, a why why would you define you know? Sorry, let me put it another way. How isn't a duet defined as an exotic when a quinella is? Well, do they say all exotics or just exotics? Because there is, you know, you want it on odds and evens. Who is as an exotic as well? Well, what's the difference between a Quinella and a, and a duet? Well, duets are, well, in Hong Kong, a duet would be called a place Quinella, Ronnie. Yep, that's correct. Uh, yeah. Quinella is first and second. Yeah, Quinella is first and second. Whereas or... a duet, you have yeah. to find two of the three place getters, for want of a better explanation. There are three dividends. First and second, first and third, second and third. Yeah, I know. That's how I bet. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's three dividends paid out of that pool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I I don't know why they have promotions on anything because I'm not involved in any of that. <laughs> but well, you know, if they, they can the pick and choose whatever they want to give you on any bet type or whatever promotion they choose. Well, I can I can assure you that the duet has never been included in your in your definition of exotics. Well, it's not my definition. It's the definition. well, yeah, but, tabs but, definition. but the the promotion doesn't say all exotics available. It just says exotics. You know, with probably a little asterisk down the bottom, in subsection well, three, uh, B triple A inverted comma Z. Well, we'll beg to differ. Um, I've just never seen it ever included as an exotic, as defined as an exotic. That's all. That's all right. Perfect. Thanks for your call, Michael. Kieran's on the line now. Good morning, Kieran. Yeah, good morning, gents. How's going? Very good, mate. Mate, just want to uh, get a comment from you all on Goldman. He seems to have gone flying under the radar a bit, but he won the Lexus on the weekend. Seems to uh, set a pretty good tempo and kick off it. Well, if you listen to the show a month ago, it. someone made it a horse to follow out of winning a race at Kembla. He's gone ahead since yeah, then. Yeah, I, I got it that day at Kembla at 20s. And Got it at fifties for the cup. Is it? Gay's obviously found a pretty decent horse here. Yeah, he's now Melbourne Cup favourite. Yeah, and Caulfield I see on the weekend. I don't know how good he is. I, I, I don't, he's gone from seventy eight to doing that in a twenty six hundred metre race. I'm still shaking my head. What happened there? And uh, he was pretty good, Gator. Yeah, no, it was a terrific win, wasn't it? Um, he rolled along at a solid clip, kept running, and what was probably the easiest part to like, you know, relative to a race like the Melbourne Cup was the horse he beat, convincingly. Um, Solcombe, who still ran enormous, by the way. Um, you know, that horse was coming off a, as good a win um, as there was over the four days at Flemington uh, the year prior. So, um, a lot to like. Uh, immeasurable upside is probably the most um, likeable thing, though. Beautiful. Beautiful. Happy with the 50s. Happy with the 50s. I like it, Kieran. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for your call. While we're down in Melbourne, let's talk about the Australian Cup, Gator. Uh, and a lovely little ride there by Benny Mellon, who loved it across the line with Cascadian. Just a, a horse that um, we'd love to have a stable full of Cascadians, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think only 
Ben Mallon was second only Andrew Martin for the uh, most uh, uh, wrapped human on the planet. Um, never seen a bloke love a horse so much in my life, but uh, it was uh, an exceptional, uh, an exceptional win. I mean, still off midfield, straightening, held up, and see, you knew there was a lot left. Uh, he was just bolting, but uh, just needed the gaps to come. He was right behind some good ones. He's following. Campionessa and um, non-conformist, so he's following the right horses, but they weren't taking him anywhere. But once the gap came, he flew over the top of them. Uh, terrific horse and a terrific win. Uh, now, some of his runs in defeat have been outstanding. So I think he's a little bit underrated, criminally so. Uh, but look, a lot of good runs in it. Um, a high-rating Australian Cup, uh, but all on his winner. He was very, very impressive. Uh, and just from a... Um a perspective of moving forward, uh, non-conformist Stein. A couple of texts here and there. Also a text as well about this what you need. Now, no doubt you would have seen this stuff on the TV screens, but what did you make of the Sunlight Classic winner, what you need? Um, he's an absolute beauty, this Cepedo. Yeah, he is. As we are talking about Prazir earlier, uh, is doing a good job as well with limited numbers, I'd suggest. So, um, he's uh, one of these real X-factor horses that we love to see come along. Uh, you know, they they, they 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 get everyone's excitement. You know, and it's very quick to say, "Oh, he's an Everest horse," but that's that that's where you uh, your starting point of the top of the tree is where these horses can go. So uh, Mick speaks highly of him. Two Mix and I, yeah, you can't do anything bar like him. You can't do anything bar like him. He's a he's explosive. Um, he's exciting and he's got X factor, so can't wait to line him up in a in a proper field. Yeah, exactly. Gator. He's now he's now two dollars thirty for the arrow field. Wow. And, uh, and remember, Gator, we said when he won first up, you said, "Oh, well, what price is in the arrow field?" Well, before he ran first up, he was fifty one dollars. After he won first up, he was four dollars fifty, and now he's two dollars thirty. Yeah, I did have a few um, asking me about him. I think he was around 25 to 1 at that point. And, um, you know, it's a leap of faith, isn't it? Because we saw what he did on debut. We saw the trials. But you've still got to continue to progress. And I think the best part about the win on Saturday was there's still room to move. Like when he let down, it's not as if he went gun barrel straight, flattened the ears and just went, you know, powered the line. He still ran about a bit. He still did a bit wrong. He, you know, he seemed to wait a little bit as well. Look, he only beat Renoso. Renoso's a good horse, but um, not a superstar. But Benedetta's a good scalp, I think. Um, and uh, as I say, certainly merit on the clock. So uh, the next test for him is a really strongly run 1,200. I think he parks with absolutely flying colours because that's what good horses and athletes do. Uh, but that's the next test for him. Beautiful. Peter's on the line now. G'day, Peter. How you going, Dave? How are you? I'm very well, mate. Um, I was just asking about a possible derby runner on Saturday. I saw it win in Canberra a couple of weeks ago, and it won at Wyong on Saturday over 2,100. I think it's one of the O'Shea horses called Domingo. I just wonder what you guys might think of it. I'm on it about 150 to 1 in the derby. So, Well, there was talk before what? Saturday that he was going to go to Melbourne. Uh, yeah, Gary Harley was talking. Yeah, Gary Harley was talking about it on Saturday uh, that he was going to go to Melbourne. Yeah, I um, I had John on Saturday morning, and he 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 said that I think he mentioned the St Ledger or something like that. Is that coming up in Melbourne, the St Ledger, or did he say the Queensland Derby? I'm sure he said going to Melbourne for St Ledger. 
um, or, or one of those three-year-old staying races at Flemington. So that's where he's headed. So I, I don't know whether he'd back up in the Sydney uh, derby there, Pete. Back, he's he's into twenty six dollars um, with the tab on Saturday. Somebody said something on him. That may uh, have been a reaction to the win. Um, I think he firmed into fifties, and then somebody's had, had a, obviously had a go, and he's firmed in again. Yeah, well, I hope a, they're right. He's oh, a round, anyway, round he of drinks on it at the moment. Averaged out at eighty one dollars. Yeah, I'm on at one hundred and fifty, so I hope he has a run. Business <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly right. Thanks for your call, Peter. And just looking at the weather this week in Sydney Town, because obviously he won there on a heavy track uh, on Saturday. Uh, weather in Sydney this week, obviously some showers around today, some showers tomorrow. It looks like we're going to have rain or showers uh, through to Wednesday, and then from Thursday onwards, we're back to uh, back to sort of sun and maybe Saturday zero to four, just a partly cloudy with the chance of showers. So um, not any of the heavy rain we saw, well, we have seen in last springs. Yeah, that's very worrying. See, I, I, I like it when they say a hundred percent chance of rain because you know it's not going to rain, and then they say a ninety percent <laughs> chance of rain, well, you know it's not going to rain. But when they say possibility of showers, it's probably a moral. <laughs> Jeff's on the line now. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, good day, Dave. How are you going? Very good, mate. <clears throat> yeah, I just thought I'd ask. I I copped a tip off you a few weeks ago when you had Will Friedman on, and I took the twelve dollars for Victor to win the Oaks. So I appreciate the tip that you gave out. It's got to win yet. Will Friedman. It's got to win but yet. But I just wonder what what the boys think is the, if I want to have a saver bet. What are the dangers to Bavitra now that Prowess is not going ahead with an Oaks campaign? I'm saying, I would have said Queen Air, but I'm hearing she's going to Adelaide. Uh, so now I'm going to say Polygon, another Kiwi who was a significant improver and looks a real stayer out of Saturday. So I, ask me, I say Polygon, only because I'm hearing Queen Air is going to Adelaide. Right, thanks, Ronnie. Anyone else? Uh, sequester to win the uh, Adrian Knox this Saturday and go on and win the Oaks. Oh, okay. Why, Munns? Because she's very, very good. <laughs> very good. What price? Currently $15, $15. for sequestered. Uh, for uh, James Cummings and Godolphin. Comes out of that Hawkesbury run with uh, well, back in March and obviously had the trial behind alcohol-free. Gator, any opinion? Uh, look, I've got some concerns over the Vinery on Saturday. Um, not to decry the great Duff's uh, view, but second, the third horse to the seventh horse, there was only 0.2 of a length between them. They all sort of crossed the line together. And what helps them is prowess isn't there, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, and certainly that, that upside. But um, it, it always worries me a little when, you know, when they're all sort of bunched together. But, um, you know, I'm wrong a lot. Jeff, have a little something on Jolted. Uh, for John Sargent, a filly by Deep Impact out of a, an Oaks winner and Abby Marie. have something. He's, uh, he mentioned that right from the start a couple of months ago. He said this is a filly that uh, he wants to try and get to the Oaks and not concerned that he didn't win a, um, that class one, two starts ago over the 1850 because he came on the program before its last bow. I went and said, no, look, it's just um, she's spot on and she, uh, she'll just appreciate more and more distance. So maybe jolted. As a little saver, gee, we've given you all different ones there, but Pavitra is a two fifty favourite in that all-in market. 
Um, Penny Weaker is at four fifty, but not nommed. Polygon at six dollars, and Fireburn there at uh, an eight dollar price. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Post Mortem. You most certainly are. You with Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, and David Gately this morning on Punters Post Mortem. We've appreciated all the calls that have come through. Uh, there's a text in the text line here in relation to. Uh, Melbourne Gator and your thoughts on uh, not an option, which was a good winner there in race eight uh, moving forward. Uh, it was a really nice win. I mean, I thought the, I thought the ride probably won the race. It got on the back of Cardinal Gem when they steadied up and peeled out and the only box left to be ticked was he had to be good enough to win. And uh, he was, um, he'd been running well in those high rating races and, um, yeah, 10 out of 10 from Paddy Maloney got us home. It was a, uh, a big win. And there's another text on the text line here. Duff, did you see the Wellington boot yesterday? I missed it. I I, I, I missed it, I must say. I, I didn't see any of the races from Wellington yesterday. I was travelling, but um, Glenn may have saw it. Did you, Glenn? Uh I- I watched it on the phone because yeah. I was doing something else. Only that um, Christian some, Buchanan, uh, mates of mine, are entangled up with Storm, Storm the Rampart. Uh, so, but uh, it looked a very, very good win from the winner, who was a first starter for Christian Buchanan. Uh, mm. Came from sort of the uh, horse led there by about five, getting to the corner uh, at Wellington. So they rolled along, and um, Jeff Penzer rode the winner for Christian Buchanan and uh, did sort of get away from them. Storm the Ramparts made good ground the last little bit. May have finished a fraction closer, but I wouldn't be taking anything away from the winner. Yep, Everlong, good to see Christian with a nice horse. Uh, Capitalist filly out of that to good mare Nayetta, um, which was trained by uh, John Thompson. John Thompson. So, Glenn uh, Freeze's family. Yeah. Uh, Nipotino, I think it's a relation to Nipotino. Okay. So And Quasimoto obviously was very good finishing off there as well. I mean, it's got... Uh, it's well. It's got country championships and stuff written all over it. Next preparation, doesn't it, or next year? But uh, they'll no doubt uh, have some fun, Clint and the team. So that was uh, Wellington yesterday, uh, and then did anyone see on Friday a win at Albury in the Guineas? Uh, this is a text come through. Hey guys, uh, I was watching Albury on Saturday after listening to the Big Sports Breakfast and HQ. Did anyone see the winner of the Albury uh, Guineas? It was a big win. I don't know if you saw it, Duff, Munns, or Gator, but. Go back and have a look at uh, the run in... Uh, it was race number... I think it was race number along the fence? Four. Yeah, it was... Uh, what race was it? Race... I can't remember the race. Here we go. It was earlier in the day. Diesel. There it is. Uh, race three, number seven, Diesel. Missed the kick and come up the fence. You you were on the, you know, on the 98 uh, fuel at that stage, Dave. You weren't on the Diesel. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, the owned by Trilogy, but um, maybe, I mean, I, I'm throwing you a, a curveball here, um, Gator. I don't know if you've got anything in your system, but did come out of various runs in Melbourne and whatnot, but obviously was very good there in the Albury Guineas. If, if you, you guys didn't watch it, go back and have a look. It, it was a nice ride too by Hannah. She didn't panic from uh, after missing the kick. Well, Trilogy actually owned the winner of the Wellington boot as well. I saw those colours, so they are the same, but yes. yeah, okay, so they are uh, the same, so they've had a big weekend. Yeah. Mm. Matt's on the line. Good morning, Matt. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, morning. Just wondering uh, whether one of you guys might know whether uh, Imperatrice is going anywhere else in the spring after Friday night's William Reid win. I wouldn't, I'm not, I, I doubt it. I think they'd, uh, 
they take her home now, put her away, and, and um, come back. Well, I think that that'll be her for the autumn. Uh, but she'll um, obviously she'll be going again in spring. I'd suggest she will be anyway. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. It was it was a good win. Uh, no luck for a September run in that run on on Friday night. Was there, Gator? No, no. She was um, yeah unlucky. Should have finished a lot closer. But um, yeah, the winner. Uh, there's I don't think there's much doubt the right horse won. But she sat off a fearsome speed. He he peeled her out a long way from home. She went by them all and then held them off. So. Um, I, you know, I think September run should have finished closer, uh, but I think if you're talking about the result, I think you have to look at um, where you went wrong. And sharp and smart. Uh, so let's just have a look at these uh, some of these all-in markets before we get to the um, horses to follow Muns, just quickly, um, because obviously these will change tomorrow when we have the barrier draws. So sharp and smart, I see, is a 280 favourite in the derby. Um, is it the worst result for the tab? Uh, no, the worst result at the moment is uh, Mark the second Wayne. pick, which is Manzois. Manzois. Manzois is a worst result, uh, only due to multis. Uh, the worst result straight out is Stroke of Luck, who had uh, no very, very little of it on Saturday. Mm. And, uh, well, he actually firmed up 26 into 11 on the back of his run on Saturday. And uh, John O'Shea, who was in, in the fetal position when I was speaking to him, um, said at least he didn't have a hard run for next Saturday. All right, uh, that's the Australian Derby. Munzel, what about the size, where we see Cylinder as a 280 favourite? Uh, worst result there, Dave, is V8. Uh, Tony McAvoy. Yes, uh, he's been averaged out at uh, about $15, and he's a $6 chance at the moment. But uh, Cylinder, 280. Don Corleone, 450. So the two horses out of the slipper. Uh, and then you've got V8, is a $6 chance out of the size in Melbourne. Brave Mead. And Empire of Japan are both $8 chances. Cafe Millennium and Mahara at 11 And Godzilla, the next pick's a $15 chance. What about the TJ Smith Stakes where Giga Kick's a $3 all-in favourite? Yeah, worst way there is Giga Kick at the favourite. Favourite over in secret at four fifty. Nature Strip became popular uh, when everyone had a look at him work on Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday at Randwick there. He was $6 into $5 off the back of that work and comments from everybody involved in the stable uh, that he's back to his best. He's enjoying being back in Sydney and he's he's improved enormously since coming back from Melbourne. Uh, I wish I win in private eye next picks at $8 each of two and then Marzu as an $11 chance. And what about the Doncaster Mile? The Doncaster, well, the interesting thing will be the makeup of the field here, which we'll know at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, Fangirl, uh, which will have Joe Marira on board, equal favourite with Mr. Brightside at $6 each of two. You've got Zoo Gotch at 8 Alligator Bloods at 11 uh, Protagonist is an $11 chance. And then you've got Communist Converge, Duke DeSess. I'm desperate to see him go around. Uh, and Ossipenko all at $15. But it's a typical Donny. $6 the field, only three runners in single figures. All right. And the country championships as well? Just while yeah, watch country championships. You're making me work here, Dave. You'd think I'd have these already, wouldn't you? Uh, equal favourites, uh, Akasawa and Talbragar. James McDonald ride Talbragar. And Testator Silence, all $5 chances. Kimberly Secrets at $8. Uh, then you've got Bianco Villano, I've Been Trying, and Running Bear all at 11 and Sir Ravinelli's a $15 chance. Just that We've got the field. We're just waiting on the emergencies uh, for that country championship. So it's still 
basically an all, uh, a pre-noms market at the moment. And that field won't be declared until Wednesday morning. Uh, normal declaration of acceptance there. So that's what they're, uh, they're waiting on there because uh, the emergencies are declared by, you know, the fourth or third and fourth place getters from the qualifying races and depends whether, A, they're still in work or, B, they want to come to town or, or and run in the race. So that won't be made until Wednesday morning. Beautiful stuff. Thank you very much. And before we get the horses to follow... Uh, Duff, I mean, we love watching good horses do good things. We're privileged here to have some wonderful horses, but boy, oh boy, um, this Equinox, that was a track gallop. Yeah, how good? Uh, how good is that horse? Uh, we don't know. It's world class, obviously, do what's done so far. And the Japanese, uh, we're gonna, it just shows you how much respect we're going to give them as far as mm. the, the what they did uh, in that Dubai meeting with, the, I think, their 27 runners or something, and they just cleaned up across the board, and it's in. So we've got to show them a lot of respect worldwide. Certainly do. If you've got um, uh, Instagram out there, or if you've got Twitter, the fo- gram, the gram, follow um, uh, World Horse Racing. I don't know who exactly runs it, or I think it's just a group of blokes, or or just racing enthusiasts. But they got some vision of the track gallop of Equinox uh, a couple of days before that win. And uh, when it had a spin around Maidan, and it's just some of the stuff and, and content they get on there. If you love your racing, I suggest giving them a follow. World Horse Racing, there's all sorts of bits and pieces on there. Uh, horses to follow. Duff, what do we like? Uh, we all love our racing, Dave. I think uh, the obvious for me is Cleveland heading towards the Sydney Cup. Um, and he well was ready to win. I don't, I don't know about a don, if he runs in the Doncaster, but it placed right. He's ready to win next time. He's ready for a peak performance. So Cleveland and Well Wall. I'm going to go with El Patroness. Um, as I say, I think she can pop up in a right race and maybe be a 10 to 1 winner. Dynasties was a sneaky little good run on Saturday, and a tissue wasn't sneaky. It was just outstanding. <laughs> Very good. And uh, also, uh, Munns, your horse to follow. Thought it might have had Dynasties on my own there, Gator, but uh, great minds uh, think alike. That'd be a good. Um... A little catchphrase for a couple of blokes getting in tipping, wouldn't yeah, it? Great minds. Could be. Um, yeah, dynasties, most definitely. <laughs> uh, Cole Crusher. I thought he was good. He's ready to strike. Cole Crusher. And if you're backstroke of luck on Saturday, you didn't have any, uh, you've got to stick with him. And uh, we'd, we'd already made Well Wall a horse to follow from his previous run, so we can't add him. And our caller today, we've selected out of the hat Noel, who rang up about Cleveland and gets down and sees Munns there. Uh, at the Bankstown Golf Club. Noel, you've won the hat and the stubby holder, mate, so give us a call back, I think, or we might have your details, or give us a call back, 1350-353, so we can get that out to you. Gentlemen, enjoy the week one of the championships here in Sydney. The barrier draw, of course, tomorrow live, not only on Sky Thoroughbridge Central, but also on Sky Sports Radio. It's going to be a lot of fun, and really looking forward to seeing how the week unfolds. Have a great one, guys. Thanks, mate. See you, guys. Can't wait.